Welcome to Senior Moments with God. I am your host, Gretchen, and I'm so tickled you have joined us today. What an unusual podcast we have had for the past three episodes. Two episodes ago, you recall Tina, a Tennessee teacher. What happened to her when she felt God called her to share Jesus in a public school setting with her second grade students? Well, as a result, God moved in the heart of one of those students, Seth Walker. And at the age of eight, he asked Jesus into his life. 17 years later, he continues his journey with Jesus. And what a powerful journey it is. Seth, who has cerebral palsy, has admitted to several struggles. And he writes about them. And he writes about them so well. The first episode we called Dancing with Jesus because as a child, Seth asked his teacher, Mrs. Kuntz, when I get to heaven, will you dance with me? And at Seth, there are a lot of us who would love to have a dance with you in heaven, not just Mrs. Kuntz. And in the second episode about Seth, he shared his testimony and then the deep burden he has in sharing the gospel with people and his search for how to do that and how God is equipping him to do so. And he challenged us and we called that episode Running with Jesus and Running to Jesus as Seth challenged each listener to run with him into the arms of Jesus. And now in this episode, Seth concludes by talking about what it's like to wait, the painful time of waiting for an answer or for a healing or for help from God. And what comes as a result? You will be amazed at his wisdom when he shares as a result of waiting what happens in the lives of Christians. So grab that cup of coffee Open up your Bible, open up your mind and your hearts as we prepare to listen to Seth's amazing story of waiting on God. Well, I'm sitting here again with my sweet husband, Andy. Hello, Andy. How you doing? who is being so kind in reading Seth's email of his part three, or really part two for Seth, his testimony of what's happening to him lately or more recently. The first part, as you recall, was Tina, and we called that Dancing with Jesus because he asked his teacher when he got to heaven, will you dance with me, Mrs. Kuntz? Last week's episode, Seth challenged us to run with him to Jesus. And this week, Seth shares the process and the trial of waiting on answers from God. So Andy will be reading Seth's testimony, his story for God's glory. It's the spring of 2020. In Isaiah 30, 18, we read, The Lord is waiting to be kind to you. He rises to have compassion on you. The Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait on him. 
waiting. When the spring of 2020 arrived, it brought with it a worldwide health crisis. Life as we knew it completely changed and the world shut down. During that time, I think it's safe to say we all did our share of waiting. Waiting for answers, waiting for healing, waiting for God to move, waiting for our lives to return to normal. It was a sudden and unforeseen event. In the fall of 2021, as the pandemic began to lift, daily routines resumed and the world started to open back up. My Balclofen pump shut down. It was a beautiful fall day in the month of October. I was sitting in my wheelchair and working on my computer. Suddenly, my whole body became extremely tight. Tight can be explained as my arms pulled up to my chest and my legs bent or drawn up at the knees. I'm, an, um, I'm unable to straighten or extend my legs. The Balcofen pump sends medication to my spine which in turn greatly reduces muscle tightness in my body. Medical tests confirmed that the Balclofen pump had stopped working. A simple outpatient surgery to replace the pump would take two months to be scheduled and two months of waiting. If my spasticity is not controlled, I am unable to sit in my wheelchair. I laid in my bed while I waited for surgery. This included eating all my meals while lying down. I had the pump replaced in December of 21. All went well and my life as I knew it resumed until the end of January. The new pump worked for about six weeks. More medical tests confirmed once again that the newly replaced pump had stopped working. This time I would wait three months to have my pump replaced. For a second time I laid my bed. This time, however, in the waiting, my mom had an excellent idea that enabled me to sit up. It occurred to her that I was occurred to her that I was able to be able to sit in my bath chair. My bath chair is an L-shaped chair that is covered in flexible mesh. You might picture an outdoor lounge chair. I used my bath chair to sit in during the day and evening. Finally, I had another option other than lying in bed. We even figured out a way for me to use my computer while I sat in my bath chair. We definitely had to think outside the box and figure out a new way to do things. Pump replacement surgery took place at the end of April with no improvement in my spasticity. More tests determined pump malfunction and surgery to receive another new pump was scheduled for June. The results were the same as the previous surgery, no change. And the same cycle continued with a pump replacement surgery scheduled for July. After nine months of waiting, and four pump replacement surgeries, the neurosurgery team decided to set up a telehealth appointment with the most renowned baclofen pump surgeon in the United States. His name is Dr. Conrad, and he was the neurosurgeon that did my original baclofen pump surgery back in 2016. He suggested repeating the baclofen trial study in which the pump is completely bypassed and the medication is placed directly into my spine to check for effectiveness. The trial produced no change in my physical condition. Bottom line, it didn't work. Now what? What do I do from here? After meeting with several neurosurgeons and discussing trial results with Dr. Conrad, the conclusion was I had orthopedic problems that would need surgery. The neurosurgery physicians were in agreement that the pump was working but would not override the orthopedic problem. Next up, Dr. Nathaniel Limper, 
orthopedic surgeon. My first appointment with Dr. Lempert took place in November of 22, one year and one month after the initial pump failure. Waiting was becoming the theme of my life. From the very first meeting with Dr. Lempert, I felt he was invested in finding answers and a plan to get me back in my wheelchair. He was baffled as how quickly my orthopedic issues occurred, but was confident that he could help me. The conclusion was surgery, surgery that would remove my hip joints and lengthen my leg muscles. It was scheduled for March of 23, four more months of waiting. And on March 3rd, I had a very successful surgery. However, during surgery, the decision was made to operate on one leg at a time and delay surgery on the other side for a few weeks. I waited for one more month on April 4th, I had the final surgery. All went well. In July of 23, after three months of recovery, I was able to sit comfortably in my wheelchair. My quality of life resumed following one year and 21 months of waiting, waiting for answers, waiting for healing, waiting for God to move, waiting for my life to return to normal. It was sudden and unforeseen time of my life but it wasn't unforeseen or unexpected by the Lord my God. I know that I can trust him as I shared previously. His word says in Jeremiah 29 11, that he knows the plans he has for me. And I trust the words that he spoke when he finished that promise with plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Hallelujah. What a promise. Amen. My health issues and lack of ability to sit in my wheelchair were drastically restraining. I had no way to maneuver being in public places, therefore I had to stay home. For almost two years, the only places I went was to a doctor's appointment and to a hospital. Life as I knew it came to a screeching halt. But my thoughts were not focused on what I couldn't do. Instead, they were focused on what God could do. Psalm 24, 13 to 14 says, I'm expecting the Lord to rescue me again, so that once I will see his goodness to me at the land of the living. Don't be impatient. Wait for the Lord, and he will come and save you. Be brave, stout-hearted, and courageous. Yes, wait, and he will help you. This is my confidence. I know and undoubtedly believe that he is able. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than beyond all that I ask or imagine. My life can testify to this promise from Ephesians. God has been faithful to me all my life. He has taken care of me above and beyond, over and over. He healed me in the past when I needed healing. He has provided all my needs. He has given me opportunities that I could never imagine and has orchestrated my life so that it's filled with a loving family, lifelong friendships, and supportive, encouraging relationships. The most important relationship is my relationship with Jesus. Do you have a relationship with him? Have you ever thought about what Jesus is doing right now? First Peter 3:22 tells us, Now Christ has gone to heaven. He is seated in the place of honor next to God, and all the angels and authorities and powers accept his authority. In Romans 3:34, we're told, Christ Jesus is the one who died, but even more, he was raised. He also is at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. And then in John Chapter 14, verses 2 and 3, we see here, My Father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I'm good. I would have told you. I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you. 
And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. Amen. Scripture tells us then that Jesus is doing. He is sitting at the right hand of God. He is interceding for us. And he is preparing a place for us in his Father's house. And he is waiting. He is waiting on the command of God to come and get his bride, the church. He is waiting to come and take us with him to our Father's house so we can be forever with him. 1 Thessalonians 4.16 says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the archangel's voice, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Hmm. Matthew tells us that only God knows when Jesus will return. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Jesus understands waiting. He is waiting God's exhortation for his second coming, waiting on the command of his Father. Waiting has purpose. Consider this thought. While we wait, God is working to make us more like Jesus, to refine us, to transform us. Perhaps waiting is more about gaining, I'm sorry, waiting about aligning our will with God's will and faithfulness and not about arriving at an outcome or answer. Waiting grows our faith. Faith is defined as things hoped for but not yet seen. We hear this in Hebrews 11. Hope gives us the ability to wait. Waiting gives us the opportunity to join God in the work He is doing, in us and for us. It affords us the opportunity to focus less on ourselves and more on God. What might you be waiting on? Waiting on for answers? Waiting for healing? Waiting for God to move? Waiting for life to return to normal? Trust Him, whatever you're waiting on. In Him you can find peace, strength, and hope. Choose to believe in His goodness and His faithfulness. It may take endurance to run the race that God has set before us, but we can rest assured that he is waiting with us and waiting to help us. Hebrews, I'm sorry, Isaiah 40, 31 says, Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. You may be waiting to make a decision to live for Jesus. You may be waiting to call on Jesus as your Savior. His return will be sudden and unforeseen. Are you ready? Are you confident in your answer? Why wait any longer? Come to Jesus, don't delay. Romans 5.8 says, But God shows his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. 1 John 5.13 says, I write these things to you who believe in the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Will you choose to live forever with Jesus in his Father's house? Jesus is waiting for you. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Seth. We're talking about enduring waiting and what comes as a result. Thank you, Seth, for sharing such a sweet story and a powerful story for God's glory. What a powerful challenge and story that Seth has provided for each of us. I love the part where he says waiting has a purpose, that while we wait, God is working us, working on us to make us more like Jesus. That is so beautiful. 
to refine us and transform us, to align our will with God's. Thank you, Seth, for challenging us. Also, Seth, I, I guess you noticed in the background, my wonderful golden retriever was barking amen <laughs> throughout the, the ending there. So you got to hear my dog chiming in. Thank you again for tuning in and thank you for sharing a story for God's glory.